thank you, Gospel Ensemble. Today we conclude the sermon series when angels sing. We've engaged angels singing their songs throughout the birth narratives of both Mark, Matthew and Luke. And today we are in Matthew. They have sung to Zechariah and Elizabeth, Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, last week to Simeon and Anna, and today they are singing to the Magi. Now, I'm, I'm sensing a little bit that you're wondering how in the world does a song like Ease On Down the Road have any relevance to the song that the angels may have sung to the Magi? Well, to me, it's obvious. In both, one, we learn that things are not always as they seem. Two, it's important to know who we should listen to. And three, that there is always more than one way to get home. Obvious, right? Okay, okay. All right, I'll try to convince you. Okay. Now, <laughs> on the first reading of the scripture today, I know some of you may be thinking, and Goldie has told me she is one of them, I don't recall hearing anything about an angel in the scripture today. So how can we talk about hearing angels sing when there wasn't one even in the story? Well, <laughs> well, there has been lots of interest and conjecture over what exactly the star was that the Magi saw. Some say that it was a supernova. Some say that it was a conjunction of the planets Saturn and Jupiter, and others thought perhaps maybe a comet. And then there are others who think that it was ancient aliens. Now... Now, the explanation that is fascinating to me is that what the Magi actually saw was an angel, a bright messenger from heaven that was calling the Magi to follow me, follow me. You see, in John's book of the Revelation, the exact same word that is used in Matthew is used to describe angels or messengers to the seven churches as depicted as stars in the hands of Jesus. So this lends itself to our reading an angel and to the Magi story, which would explain why the star disappears and reappears and then stops right over the house where Mary, Joseph, and Jesus are currently living. Regardless of the answer, we know that these magi saw something unusual that had to do with a light in the sky. And according to the legends that they had studied, they deduced that an important child had been born in Judea in the land of the Jewish people. Thus the angel initial song drew the Magi to Judea to honor this newborn king. Okay, I hear you asking, well, how would the Magi know about the prophecy of the Messiah for the Jewish people? I'll tell you. Well, the Magi, who were Persians, uh, would have known a bit about Jewish culture because their ancestors, the Babylonians, had captured the Jerusalem about 500 years before. So their curiosity would have led them into this late Christmas journey, which actually took, a place, took place about six months to maybe two years later. And it makes logical sense to me 
that they would go to Herod to find out where is this newborn child, this special child, this newborn king. They assumed that any king would be in the palace, right? Well, they stopped listening to the angel because the angel was singing a song and told them exactly where to go, but they had stopped because they began to lean into their own wisdom. Now, when a still small voice tells you something, maybe too good to be true, listen to the voice because it may just be an angel singing to you. Watch out. Things are not as they seem. I've pointed you in the right direction. Just follow me. I can hear the angels singing, pick your left foot up when your right foot is down. Come on, legs keep moving and don't you lose no ground. You just keep on moving on the road that you choose. Don't you give up walking just because you gave up shoes. Now, Herod would have greeted the Magi warmly and offered his assistance in helping them find this newborn king. You see, he tells them, relax, rest yourself for a while. You want something to eat? I know there's some nauseous around here somewhere. I'll get you something to drink. But uh, just take a moment. Be among, talk amongst yourself. I can hear him whisper to his court attendant, get the chief priest and the scribes here now. Um, now, Magi... I will put together a private meeting with the chief priest and the scribes just to find out where this newborn king is, and, and I will get back with you in the morning. Relax yourself. <laughs> I can feel the urgency in the message that the priest and the scribes received to get to the, the palace now. And as they met, the priest and the scribes answered Herod's veiled questions about where this new ruler may appear. So, um, priest, can you, can you tell me where in the scriptures do they say that this new child would be born? Well, they tell Herod, well, just right down the road, about five and a half miles south in, in Bethlehem. Now, the Magi meeting Herod would have been a lot like Dorothy, the lion, the scarecrow, and the ten man meeting the Wizard of Oz for the first time. Ah, inspiring. You haven't learned that the wizard is, because they hadn't learned that the wizard was just some person blowing, well, never promising <laughs> to give people what they wanted, all the while manipulating them that, to get what they wanted instead. You see, you know that Herod didn't rest well. He had to be thinking, a new king of the Jews. Well, I'm the king of the Jews. Hmm, only five and a half miles south of here. It would be obvious, way too obvious, if I, I sent a military detail with the Magi. So, um, I know what I will do. He hatched a plan. So bright and early the next morning, Herod shares the great news that he knows where the Magi should look for this new baby, just right down in Bethlehem. He said, take your, yourselves there, and, and as soon as you find out where this baby is, 
please come back and tell me so that I too can go and worship this newborn king. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, the Magi, they, they didn't know any better. Like, okay, sure. So we'll load up our caravan and they headed south. You know, of course, Bethlehem, we just read the book, or I just kept on listening. But they had stopped listening to the one that could have taken them directly to this newborn king. I can hear the angel singing, follow me, follow me. Because there may be times when you think you've lost your mind. And the steps that you're, that you're taking will leave you three, four steps behind. But the road you're walking might be long sometimes. But if you just keep on stepping, you'll, you'll be just fine. It's important who we listen to when we are in a moment of need. Brene Brown says it this way in The Gift of Imperfection. If we share our need with the wrong person, they can easily become one more piece of flying debris in an already dangerous storm. She says, stay away from those friends who make you feel shame, the ones who offer sympathy instead of empathy, the ones who need you to be perfect the ones who are uncomfortable with your vulnerability, the ones who want to make everything better, and the friends who confuse an attempt at connection with the opportunity to one-up you. Herod was a piece of flying debris. I don't know about you, but I have had those types of friends in my life. And if I'm being perfectly honest with you, I have been those types of friends in other people's lives. It's just me, I understand. <gasps> but we're human. We're imperfect. We're vulnerable. It's hard to practice presence when we are struggling with our own sense of authenticity, with our own sense of not being worthy. So as the Magi left Herod, they again opened themselves to hear the song of the angel. They became vulnerable again. And the angel appeared. And it directed them to where Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus were living. And they just bestowed on them gifts of great value. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The very things that they would need as they had to prepare to leave Bethlehem that very night. They had what they needed as they made their home in Egypt as refugees. They had to redefine what and where home was for them. And the angels sang again to the Magi, follow me. We'll have to take a different path home, a road less traveled to get back to where you need to be. I believe the angel unfolded Herod's plot to kill Jesus, and perhaps even his parents, and maybe even the Magi themselves, if the Magi had returned and told them where the baby lay. Herod already had a reputation of being ruthless. He had killed his own sons and his wife. And they knew that by not returning to him, 
They also were putting their lives on the line because he could have sent a military dispatch to follow them into the desert. But they chose to risk their lives to give Joseph, Jesus, and Mary a chance to live into their destiny. They heard the angel sing, for there may be times when you wish you weren't born and you wake up one morning just to find your courage gone. But you just know that feeling will only last a while. You just stick with God and we'll show you how to smile. The Magi and Jesus, Mary and Joseph, they each eased on down their road. So are you ready to listen to the songs of the angels in your lives? This is a new year. This is a new opportunity for each one of us to slow down and listen for the songs of the angels. Songs of peace, songs of joy, songs of love, songs of abundance, love, songs of community, songs of home. Take the time to investigate the things that seem to be too good to be true. Because lasting change takes effort. So choose your friends and traveling companions well this year. If someone has become flying debris in your life, make another choice. And if you have not yet, find a way to create home right here. There are definitely more than one ways to do that. I end with a call to adventure from Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both as I am one traveler. Long, I stood and looked down as far as I could see to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as it's just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that passing there, how warn them readily about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no steps had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads to way, I doubt if I ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Be you, be brilliant, and ease on down your road. Amen. <laughs>
Hello, everybody, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My name is Katie Hayden, and I am just one of many people on a team called uh, First Fruits. I almost said Fresh Fruits. (laughs) (laughs) And over the next 11 weeks, um, my teammates and I will be teaching a course called The Prosperous Heart, which Angela mentioned a little bit ago. And I just want to tell you that I took this class from Reverend Kristen a little over two years ago, and I really didn't understand why. I didn't quite get why I wanted to take the course, except that I had read The Artist Way, which was her last bestseller, and it was an amazing book, very inspirational, and I tend to lean more toward inspirational material. And I got into the class, and um, I, I guess I was a really thinking it was going to be one thing and it turned out to be something else. I'm in the business of managing money for people. I help them um, with the wealth that they've accumulated and and how to keep the wealth and how to grow the wealth over time. And I've been doing it for many, many, many years. And I thought to myself, well, I can't imagine that this class could teach me anything that I haven't already experienced in my clients' uh, lives or my own financial uh, situation. And can you spell arrogant. (laughs) As many of us have experienced, you know, God has a great sense of humor, and I was the joke. Um, I always thought and was pretty sure that prosperity was all about money, and that was what I had always known, and I was, again, wrong, rude. Um, There's one little short paragraph in the book that I thought caught my attention and really, really did make me understand why I wanted to be there. And it says, prosperity is about having enough. It's having a life beyond need and worry. It's about more than prosperity in financial terms. And that's all I'd ever known. It's more about being satisfied, about having a prosperous heart. This course is about money, but it's not about money. Um, The prosperous heart is about finding satisfaction in our lives. It's about improving the lives we have and creating a life of enough. How many houses can you own and be at at the same time? How many cars can you drive? Um, Do you know what your spending type is? I was kind of surprised that I have a type. There are types. And usually it comes from uh, your upbringing. How did your parents feel about money? Did they feel like they lacked money? Did they feel like they had a lot of money and they were showy and, you know, had the big fat cars and the big fat houses? Um, Were they misers um, and and held on to every penny and you didn't get any of it? So you learn all these things about what type of spender you are. And I realized that I was a spender. And I had to um, sort of indict myself, and I was kind of embarrassed without showing it. Um, one of my, one of my uh, partners uh, at my table and I were so appalled because we're in the money business. <laughs> but what happens is, is all patterns of spending sort of mask an inner anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety around money and around debting. And I guess one of the things that I finally had to do was just let go and let God, and I literally had to ask God to intervene on my part and to help me figure out why I spent the way that I did and determine that, you know, there was a healthier way and God led me to that place. What this helps us, this book helps us reveal is how to cultivate and nurture um, the miracles that God wants us to fulfill in our own lives. 
And so again, it is about money, but it's not about money. And the prosperous heart already has enough. We're well provided for if we can just see it and we can just feel it. Please join us and our First Fruits team, Fresh Fruits. Um, for the next 11 weeks, we'll be tag teaming and teaching different classes. And go down that path with us if you feel that this could be something that you feel like could be helpful to you in your life. I know it changed the way that I think. And again, who knew that I was as arrogant as I was? Thank you very much and come see us.